Restart. Be Real is presented by California College of the Arts MFA in Writing Program. Getting an MFA at their art school setting in San Francisco means you can paint and write, design and write, and make a film and write. You can also just write. Look for their faculty member Leslie Carroll Roberts' critically acclaimed Here is Where I Walk, Episodes from a Life in the Forest, out now from University of Nevada Press, and Adam Nemetz, We Can Save Us All, from Unnamed Press. For more information, power on your computer and visit cca.edu slash writing MFA. You can talk about film with a philosopher's zeal or measure them all by box office appeal but for once in your life Be real! Welcome one and all to a what is typically a movie reviewing, reappraising, and genre hopping podcast on the Playlist Podcast Network, Be Real. We are still Be Real, but uh, today there's not really a genre to hop to. It's just the um, chaotic, problematic, uh, but somehow still always celebrated annual tradition that is the Oscars. Uh, I'm Chance Solon Pfeiffer. And I'm Noah Ballard. And with us today, a very special guest. It's his third time on the podcast, but this is the first time we've we've done like an official three-person pod. He is the esteemed author of How to Survive a Summer and Sweet and Low. It's Nick White. Hi, boys. Uh, how are you, man? <laughs> I am so excited. I just am almost like Sally Field speechless. You like me. <laughs> you really like me. Which, we love you. Yeah. We really love you. Which is accurate, because I believe that's what she said the second time she won the Oscar, right? So, like, you are being... Well, that's not the exact quote. That ha- That's how it, like, lives on in infamy. Okay. But yes. There we go. Uh, well, we do really like you, and, and we're, we're glad to have you back. Um, this is the some number of times we've talked about the Oscars. I feel like in the past, Noah, we've tried to help you win your office Oscar ballot. I'm not sure that's ever worked. Is that why we're changing it up this year? I routinely not only do <laughs> don't do very well on this. The past two years, I've come in literally dead last place. Oh my god, Noah! I know, but wait, it's everyone else in your office hosts a more successful movie podcast than you, right? It does make me feel pretty self conscious. Okay. I'm not gonna lie, because they they always announce like the top three people and then the bottom person and. With the so many jokes are running through my head right now, but I'm not going to say any of them. I really think that you it's should okay. not hold them in. I don't feel like the Oscars are a very good judge of what the best movie of the year was. So they're totally not. Sure, they're totally not. Um, I vote with my heart. I don't vote with the the cynic in me. Me too. When I used to not be able to watch any of the mo- movies before they came out, um, when I lived back in Mississippi, and I would just watch the Oscars, and I would just predict from like my brain and not my heart, just from watching the other award shows, I did so much better. And now that I've seen all the movies, I'm like clouded. Mm, mm-hmm. Seeing the movies is the worst way to figure out who's going to win the Oscars. That <laughs> oh yeah, year. it's totally the worst way. So. Noah and I speak every year about our relationship to the Oscars. Nick, you gave us kind of a hint there, but like, what is your what is your relationship to these to this award show? Well, I've been watching them since I was a little boy in Mississippi. It was like the one night of the year where something came on television that wasn't football that I cared about. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a live <laughs> event. Incredible. It was 
it was like, you know, like a window into a different world. I think I probably, uh, the Oscars that I remember paying the most attention to for the first time was probably when I was in the seventh grade in 1997 when um, Titanic won for Best Picture. Oh, okay. That's a big and, one. Yeah, and when I learned about like what it meant to write a screenplay because these two dorky guys from like Boston won a best like screenplay Oscar mm-hmm. and I was like, "Well, if they can do that, maybe I can do that one day." But it hasn't happened yet. Is that one of your dreams, Nick, is to like hold an Oscar trophy and like give an impassioned speech? Do you not remember when we were in Hollywood together and I held it at that I do like remember behind the scene thing? I didn't know it was That was I a, thought you that were was just... a that was a monumental moment for me. That was wow. like huge. just feeling the weight of it, and it was. It was. It was. It was incredible. Great. Great. Well, we'll do what we can for that. Um, God. <laughs> no, it gets to work. Do you do you have any idea of like what your like what would your cause and or statement be for the, uh, for the Oscars? Oh no, I don't know. I guess it would have to depend upon the moment. Sure. Okay. You know, like what was happening in popular culture? I don't know. I think it would have to be planned out. Like, I don't want to get up there and do like a Joaquin Phoenix at the Golden Globes and just completely shit the bed. Um, <laughs> he just kind I of mean, rambled aimlessly. He just like- rambled. Like, I mean, I think the I think the model for how to do an impassioned sort of award speech is Michelle Williams. She's done two now. Oh man, I really like. Yeah, I loved the uh, like. I wouldn't be here. Uh, today if it wasn't for a woman's right to choose very impassioned a little bit controversial but like also very very moving yeah yeah folks do we want to go we want to do some uh category by category rambling here i'm i assume we'll cover all the major ones were there any smaller ones where we had observations or you trying to go nitty gritty? You trying to get in there for a uh, best short action or short form uh, documentary? I don't have. I have little to say about short form documentaries, but uh, do you, yeah. Do we want to start below the line? For sure. Okay. What do people feel passionate about? Okay, I can talk a little bit about original song. Let's do original Ooh. song. I think it is actually going to go to Rocket Man. Yeah. And I think it's going to go to Rocket Man because of what Elton said at the Golden Globes. And that put a bug in the Academy's ear. They're like, oh my God, Bernie and Elton have never won an award together. This is our chance. Before that, however, I would have said it was going to probably be Into the Unknown for Frozen 2. But since that had such a weak showing with the nominations, it did not get a nomination for Best Animated Film. Mm -hmm. And so that tells me it does not have a strong support in the Academy. I think that's that seems well observed. What do we think of the actual song I'm Gonna Love Me Again? Have we heard Don't it? Don't know it. <laughs> you could you could you could hum the phone book and I would I would think that was it. I can't say that I've heard any of these songs. I've heard the Toy Story 4 one just because I saw the movie. I think I was weeping when that song came on. Oh, and I've heard Into the Unknown. I've heard that. It's not as good as Let It Go. I think what's very charming about the Elton John song is that 
it makes no effort to be modern whatsoever. It just sounds like a mid-80s, like, sad song, Say So Much era Elton John. Great. And that is really charming, and it's way too long, and it's almost too <laughs> catchy, and I think it should win an Oscar. Yes, and I mean, you know, it has a good message. Love yourself. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that uh, someone will give a five-minute speech about that when it wins. Um, yeah. Okay, guys, what about production design? Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, Thoughts? You know, I feel like since 1917 is having such a surge right now, right. I just feel like most of the below-the-line ones are just going to go to 1917, even though I would bet my bottom dollar half of the Academy has no fucking clue what production design is. <laughs> I could probably apply to several of these below-the-line awards. Um, I think that if of having seen all five of these movies... It's The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. Uh, 1917 is definitely the most challenging, like, physical production. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they they made, what, 5,000 feet of trenches or something like that? It was over a mile, yeah. And blocked it for 40 days. Um, if I was going with my heart, I would want Once Upon a Time in Hollywood to win, just because I thought the set designs were gorgeous in that movie. Yeah, well, the effort it must have taken to when they drive Hollywood Boulevard, Boulevard to make it look like 1969 is wild. Right, yeah. Um, yeah, probably 1917. Yeah, probably 1917. Okay. Um, visual effects. How would you guys feel if the Lion King remake won visual effects? Is that going to happen? <laughs> No, I think it's going to go to 1917. I really do. Hmm. I think if 1917 cleans up on anything, it's going to be the technical awards. Sure. Uh, so I think 1917's got it. But the other options are Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, Lion King, and Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. I think... I don't know. I have this like sneaking suspicion that the Irishman may clean up the technical awards because people are like, oh, look how young that Robert De Niro looks. Um, the Irishman hasn't I won think any- he's not going to win the visual awards because they're going to say, oh my God, look how Robert De Niro looks. It's going to really be, yeah, like a, a true litmus test of whether people think that the Irishman is groundbreaking or it looks really stupid. Myself, yeah. I'm in the latter camp. Sure. That it looks really stupid? Yeah, certainly. The- yeah. Well, it looked weird when they tried to, when he was, when De Niro was trying to like jump over rocks. Oh my that God. Time. Yeah. <laughs> I felt really bad for him. I was like, God, De Niro, have you taken your Boniva this morning? <laughs> right. No, they just sort of propped his, his hospital bed on one side and then like moved him through space. <laughs> the scene where he beats up the grocer, that guy is selling the pummeling so hard because De Niro cannot like move him around. Yeah. It's- that guy played basketball. Yeah. He knows how to sell a hit. He really does. And it's just like the gr- the gratuitous like squirting blood as his hand sort of deforms is it's unbelievable. I love it. <laughs> it's all these things thrown at you to distract you from the fact that these are seventy five year old men. 
I think this is like how you psych yourself up to losing the Oscar thing because you have such great commentary for this like special effects and like you've almost convinced me to say wait right. a minute I want the Irishman to win now. I think you guys are gonna like chuckle audibly when the Irishman wins this award and you'll know everything you chuckle. need to about the Academy. <laughs> I will chuckle. I will, and I will blow you a kiss. From Please Columbus, do. Ohio. I can't wait. This is the split brain, though, that causes you to lose, like Nick said, because the Irishman hasn't won any awards all awards season. No, it's been completely shut out. It's been completely shut out. Oh, Noah. (laughs) It's at a point where you're going to have to talk to him and tell him it's what it is. What about (laughs) costume design? Sure. I want to talk. I can talk costume design. Oh, my heart, my heart is like in my throat in this one, y'all. I'm not going to be able to, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be good to like guess on this one because I am little women all the way. Like I have seen, I have seen every single thing there is to see about little women, the making of it. I know the, like the color scheme that Greta Gerwig wanted to go with, with the costumes, how Marmy wore different shades of each of the daughter's hair in her hair. It was like, I am, I want it to win so bad, but it's probably not. Yeah, the nominees are Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I agree with you. I think Little Women absolutely should win outright. Um but this is one of those annoying ones where I feel like maybe Joker picks up an early win. Oh, God. When do I start my bitch fest um, on Joker? <laughs> let's, let's hold it off just a little longer because Little Women is the odds-on favorite to win this award, so we don't have to be okay. too downtrodden. Um, Jacqueline yeah. Duran is the costume designer. She's really specialized in period pieces throughout her career. She did Pride and Prejudice and Anna Karenina. And maybe, Nick, you could speak a little bit more to this. One of the awesome things about Little Women that can sometimes go wrong in a period piece is, like, the costumes don't swallow the actors. Like, they really inflect mm-hmm. the actors, which is why I love it so much. Well, and you saw, too, um, or I think Greta Gerwig said this in an interview, where the costume designers worked with the actors on the costumes that they wore and that the actors got to got the costumes and got to sort of put them on and wear them the way they want to wear them. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think like there's a physicality in Little Women, like the way they are standing in doorways and sitting on floors. And um, there's almost like an androgyny between Joe and Lori in certain parts of the movie where they're wearing each other's clothes um, in very subtle ways um, that I just think is, is telling like another story on top of the story that it's telling. And I really, really appreciate it. Well, here's hoping. Here's hoping. I love Little Women. All the awards for Little Women. Ugh, I thought I was going to have to come in here and defend Little Women, and I'm so happy that I'm not. No, we no we, we're all about the Little Women. We did a whole podcast on all the, the 12 different Little Women. <laughs> <laughs> um how about editing can we jump over to editing oh that's an interesting category because usually um historically that predicts what gets best picture mm-hmm. right editing that's true. um and so i find it interesting that 1917 is not on there since it's technically doesn't have that much editing, right? Right. But isn't it the it. hardest editing of all five of these movies, which are Ford versus Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, and Parasite? Like, that one is the hardest editing because it's, I don't even know how many takes it is. It's got to be more than right. one. 
uh, made to look like Agreed. one take. Well, actually, it's more like two takes, but we can keep going. Sure. I really would like Parasite to win this one, but I bet it's going to go to like Joker, right? I'm looking at the odds. Your favorites are Parasite and Ford versus Ferrari, neck and neck. I mean, Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ferrari. That's pretty. It's a pretty well like paced movie for being two and a half hours. That's long. true. Let me point out. I a- mean, my dad only fell asleep in the movie <laughs> once. My dad, who I saw this movie with, said, "Good thing we didn't go to that theater with the dream loungers, or I would have been asleep." <laughs> You guys don't feel like it was an inspired choice to cut from the gear shift to the speedometer that one time? I liked it when you could see how hard he was pressing with his foot. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick, have, have you seen Parasite? Do you like Parasite? I love Parasite, yes. It's, it's, it's like my favorite movie of the year, not to give the, hand, oh, not to give the game well, away. You're, yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. company of people who also feel that exact same way. Um, maybe we could speak for a second on... Because the Paris, Parasite is not a movie that like throws the editing quality in your face, but the way that movie moves between set pieces and easy montage and the dreamlike quality at the end, like that's no small thing for balancing those rhythms. It's not. And just to echo that, like I was thinking, when I was thinking about editing, just how pitch perfect that ending is in Parasite, mm-hmm. and how that had to be an assured hand of an editor to sort of pull that off. Right. Um, that dream sequence you're talking about, not to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it, but um, I really, really would love it if Parasite won that. But I, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm. It's so because Joker got 11 nominations. True. I'm so like, I'm so uh, nervous, disoriented. Oh, sure. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I don't know how much. They want to award Joker, right? You know, like I think I think they're going to award it in a few other categories, but I don't know about this. I just don't know. I, I, Why would they want to reward a movie so awful? <laughs> because it made one billion dollars and still gives them the patina of a serious movie. It's just so <laughs> not good. Yeah. You guys, you want to do Joker yeah. now? Or do you want to do it when we get to Joaquin? Who's no? Also- let's we'll go to we'll get to Joaquin. We'll wait till we get to. What did we land on for film editing then? Parasite or Joker? We want Parasite, but maybe Ford vs. Ferrari is going to win? Or do we think Joker's going to win? I'm, Ford vs. You know, Ferrari is the splashiest, I would say. But it only got two nominations this one and Best Picture, yeah. right? And so. Well, maybe it wins both. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Wouldn't that be annoying? <laughs> what would people do? If Ford versus Ferrari won best, there would be a riot. So? Leonardo DiCaprio would like storm the stage. <laughs> I just think there'd his, probably be a with couple eighteen-year-old girlfriend. If there'd be a couple think pieces about like how the Oscars reward white men like pursuing weird masculine dreams, and then we'd move on to twenty twenty. What would be dad movie wins big? Right. Yeah, absolutely. My overwrought think piece the next morning would be like, we should invest in public transit, not fast cars. Right. <laughs> Yeah, because um, we were talking about Parasite. Could we jump to another category in which I kind of feel Parasite is a lock? But maybe you guys want to say something else about the other nominees. Uh, international film. I am I'm upset about these nominations too. They um, are weird. How could like Transit not get nominated? I'm up. I Transit's so good. 
or Portrait of a Lady on Fire. Also incredible. I, I love that movie so much. I mean, I don't I understand why one. France can't have two nominations. I liked I liked Les Miserables too. It was really good. I haven't seen that. What's the? It's it's like not it's, a musical though, right? No, it's not based on the it's not based on the Hugo novel, oh. but it takes place it takes place in the same area that the Hugo novel did take place and still deals with a lot of the themes. Okay. It's very smart, very one. It's it's deserving, but Portrait of a Lady on Fire just sort of stuck in my brain and I'm still thinking about it. And so I'm I was upset, but I understand, I that guess. That movie is really good. Um yeah, guys, this is the this might be the runaway. Uh, you have to bet. Sorry to always be coming from a gambling perspective, but that's how these things end up being right, I think. You have to bet $66 on Parasite to win one. So that's how big of a front runner it is. Wow. In this category. I could see this movie not winning Best International because so many people voted for it for Best Picture. And it just came in fifth, maybe, in the voting for international a lot of oscarologists are saying that because it's nominated parasite because it's nominated for best picture and best international film that parasite is going to win best international film and the academy will not because they awarded it there will not give it best picture that's what happened to roma last year yeah that's what happened to roma interesting we'll have to see um the only other thing i wanted to point out because i think it's an interesting bit of trivia honeyland which is a documentary about a North Macedonian beekeeper um, living with her ailed mother and dealing with these like unethical farmers who move in next door to her. This is the first time a documentary has ever landed in both doc and international feature, which is interesting. Have either of you seen I this have. yet? Have, it's streaming it's now, on Hulu, right? Yes. Is it? Okay, it's on my list. I heard it was wonderful. It's really interesting. The fact that they can make a uh, compelling drama out of a woman living alone in the arid desert uh, keeping bees is pretty wild. But it, my friend uh, Tim Lundy was making an observation about this. There's something about the movie where it's so cinematic and edited into such a coherent story that it feels like fiction. And that gets a little sort of uh, it could be a problem at some point where you're like, these people are here making this movie. Like, why aren't they helping this woman? I th- I think that was Richard Brody's complaint in The New Yorker when he that reviewed it. That would not it, surprise me. Actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's an interesting watch. It's on Hulu. Um, all right. So, Parasite runs away with that one. Where do you want to hop to next, gentlemen? Cinematography? Sure. Oh, it's going to Deacons, right? Deacons. I think it goes to Deacons. Absolutely. Isn't it so, I don't know if you guys have seen any of the behind the scenes footage, which it's all like so calculatingly <laughs> trickled out there to be like, look how hard we worked on this. But watching 70 year old Roger Deakins like run around with a steady cam is amazing. It's pretty cool. He's pretty spry for being in his 70s. He looks great. He's hustling with the best of them. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to The Lighthouse. I thought that was a great movie and like very weird. And I'm glad it got nominated here. I feel like the nomination for that one was the win. That's, that's probably a good point. Um, yeah, there's some stunning camera work in that movie. Um, but yeah, it's Deacons by a mile. Good luck. You want to do screenplays? Sure, Original let's do it. Adapted screenplays? Yeah. 
Writing. I'm not talking about writing on this show. So original original screenplay is Knives Out, Ryan Johnson, of course, Marriage Story, Noah Baumbach, 1917, Sam Mendes, and Christy Wilson Carnes. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino, Parasite, Bong Joon Ho, and Jin Wan Han. It's going to be Tarantino for Once Upon a Time. They want to award him in something. He's not going to win director this year, so he's going to be stuck in screenplay again. I think. Hmm. Uh, I think that's a good call, and I think he's like joked in the past and his like uncomfortable, you know. Um, is he gonna thank himself again? Yeah, yeah it's his very egotistical way. He's already joked because he's won it twice for Pulp Fiction and Django Unchained that they should just call the award the Quentin is what he wants them to do. <laughs> Which like, <laughs> stop talking, Quentin. Oh, that's my God. incredible. Oh. Don't you think that maybe Marriage Story sneaks in a win here? I actually think if it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Parasite, maybe, if there's a groundswell of support for their, that movie, which there seemed to be um, some indication of that after watching the SAG Awards and how that body treated um, the actors in that movie. So I think that one might be one that upsets. Or um, if Oscars likes to award movies that are box office successes and so i would see even knives out even being a spoiler Hmm. huh i think it was such a crime and chance you probably backed me up here that us was not nominated for this that uh, yeah i mean i think that movie is is great um i they just gave it to jordan peele two years ago i mean that's they're that's how these dumb it just seems like the academy totally ignored us which was crazy well, it has yeah. a bias against horror movies, too. I mean, sometimes horror sure. movies can transcend, like Rosemary's Baby or Get Out, but um, or The Exorcist. Um, but historically, the Oscars do not like horror. They like horror even less than they like uh, comedies. I heard the other week that The Shining received zero nominations, like zero nominations when it came out, which is, in retrospect, <laughs> is like, what? What about Incredible. the carpet? <laughs> What about the carpet? Yeah. Um, yeah. This is traditionally the realm of... I mean, you can just tell by the some of the movies in here. This typically tends to be like the, like the cool kid like award. Um, but I think right. in this sense, I think you're right, Nick, is that instead of going a little further afield, they'll probably just be like, well, we don't want to give Tarantino over directing. So I think that's... He's going to be insufferable there. at the Vanity Fair party, though. <laughs> Actually, you know what my dream would be? This would be my dream. Let Uma Thurman present the award. Ah, very Oof. good. Very Cosmic good. justice. Good. You kind of don't really have anybody to thank. I'm, I did it. Um, okay, adapted? Irishman, Steve Zalian, Jojo Rabbit, Teka Watiti, Joker, Todd Phillips, Scott Silver, Little Women, Greta Gerwig, Two Popes, Anthony McCartan. I would love it to be Little Women, Greta Gerwig. I would too. I think if it isn't going to be Little Women, it's going to be Taika. Hmm. Jojo Rabbit does have just a bizarre number of nominations. Yeah. For being a movie that's essentially pro-Nazi. No, for God's (laughs) sake. That is not true. (laughs) I think, honestly, the reason why it has a lot of nominations is the Oscars like to follow what TIFF does. I mean, it won totally. the audience award at the Toronto International Film Festival, and that's such a bellwether. And so yep. that got on the Oscars' radar, and that's why. I don't think it's as strong 
enough movie to go all the way and like best picture or anything. But I do think because Taika is so charming and so good at these like uh, events that he goes to, that if anyone can out charm Greta Gerwig, who is quite charming in her own right, it will be him. That's not a bad call. So Gerwig's what an obscure weather vane, though, for a, like a adapted screenplays. Like the oh, it usually lines up with Toronto Best of the Audience Award. Your Best Picture winner from last year, Green Book, won the Toronto Audience Award. Fucking Green Book, <laughs> and the pic- and the picture before that, I think, and Slumdog Millionaire. So it's like the That's the Jai Ho indeed. <laughs> <laughs> because of all the rightful talk around you know no like not a direct no women in the director category this adapted screenplay award can feel a bit like a pittance but also like she totally deserves it her adaptation of the screenplay is part of what makes the movie so great it's an adaptation i intend to make my own way in the world no one makes their own way least of all a woman you'll need to marry well you are not married well that's because i'm rich Score? Did we want to do score? We oh, make fucking it. Score. score. I would love to do score. A little Newman on Newman violence. Yes, Oof. it's going to be blood on the stage. <laughs> I think a goofy, very telling Oscars thing. Nick, we were trying to figure out earlier if Randy Newman had ever won, and you speculated that he won for uh, You Got a Friend of Me in the first Toy Story, but in the most Oscars move ever the classic like just wait just wait we'll give it to you for something worse mm-hmm. he did not win for toy story he won for toy story 3 oh my god <laughs> so you dumb. are kidding you are kidding me the nominees are joker little women marriage story 1917 mm-hmm. star wars noah i noticed you did not try to say the name of the joker composer i really got intimidated by the first one <laughs> and just decided i wasn't going to say any of them <laughs> Um, Hildur Gundotter. That's right. Yeah. You know, she might actually win because she gave a good enough Oscar speech at the Golden Globes. And I think Oscars, uh, the Academy are very cognizant of diversity and the lack of women in below the line nominations and the lack of women in the director nominations. And so they want to spread the love. And I think she's, she's like a good candidate of winning. That's a good call. Um, can we talk about John Williams for a second? Yeah, you were. You remember when you were all about his score for the last Star Wars movie, Last Jedi, not Rise of Skywalker. Last Jedi, you were like, he just goes to a new place altogether. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's true, and I think that's part of what makes Last Jedi so great. But um, this his fifty second Oscar nomination for music he already <laughs> wrote just doesn't seem necessary. This to me is like if ever there was a like a how incestuous and close this like body is. It's kind of like well we can't throw him a big party on like his fifty ninth birthday. But when this guy turns sixty or ninety as it were and like does a does a final Star Wars movie, like, we gotta, like, really throw him a bash again, which is so stupid. Do you Wait, do you think there's, like, a snowball's chance in hell that he wins? No, no. he's in. He's running fifth out of fifth. Uh, I think it's gonna be Joker. I y- love the score for Little Women, not to champion that movie again. But and that 1917's score great, gorgeous. too, when it comes to score. That score, like, does some lifting in that movie. It absolutely just makes some scenes go from, like, 
pretty impressive to harrowing. Yep. Thomas Newman. Love um, him. If we had to pick between Randy and Thomas here, who do you guys, what score do you like better? I didn't think that the marriage story score, and I've listened to it separate from just watching the movie, is that interesting. Okay. Yeah, I'm picking the nephew. Right. Okay. I'm picking the young gun. Yeah. All right. Um, Thomas Newman's hilarious because he's the guy who always gets interviewed by like the New York affiliate after the award show on ABC. And it's like, what? guys, why do you, they had him right after the Golden Globes. And it's like, of all people, like, why do you have Thomas Newman? I mean, like, I guess, did he win for Golden Globes? No, Glo- Hilder won. So you got just a nominee for score just like hanging out there with a shaggy haircut being like, yeah, I'm just going to go to this party and then probably go home after that. Listen, you never know when your moment's going to happen. Incredible. Yeah. You never know. I mean, if I could talk to Thomas Newman, I would do it. Me too. Um, I'd ask him about Randy. Sure. <laughs> but I'd still talk to him. I'd still talk to him. <laughs> what a weird family to have such a close uh composer like famous composer relationship well thomas newman's dad is a famous composer too i can't remember what he um god it sounds like the setup to a wes anderson movie it sure oh my does. god don't say that too many times he might actually the royal make newmans it. jesus <laughs> that's funny <laughs> as far as lesser stuff before we get to the big guns you guys i think makeup we just, and hairstyling makeup and hairstyle and animated features left over what do we okay. want to Right, so make... We're not doing sound. I never understand sound. Let's just skip it. Okay. I can barely do sound for this podcast. <laughs> um, for makeup and hairstyling. So this is interesting. I think this, this is, is Bombshell, opinion. Joker, Judy, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil <laughs> in 1917. I think it's pro- even though like I just don't know how well the makeup and bombshell played with the Academy at large. Like the, the way they made Charlize Theron look just like Megan Kelly, like it when in watching that movie, sometimes it worked for me. And then sometimes it was like uncanny cheeks mm. or something like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know. And then I'm thinking, so I'm thinking that, is it going to be, Joker is Joker oh, t- a little too on the nose. I mean, know like with the red dot, like literally like a red dot. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I want to see angry, bitter men put on makeup, I'll watch RuPaul's Drag Race. I don't. Incredible. <laughs> Hell yeah. I don't. I hate this movie so much, but I think, I think he will probably win or the movie will probably win yeah you don't think that judy pulls out a surprise i wish i Um, wish 1917 had the only time this year where i've noticed makeup and it's not to spoil 1917 but where like the climactic death is the his face getting paler and paler by the second i have no idea how they did that i have no idea how they did that either uh but whether it was digital or some makeup trick, it's incredible. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, bombshell is what the odds makers say. All right. Going with I, that. Could, I could see it, actually. I could see them wanting to award that movie something, even though it did not get great critical reviews and it did not... Um, wasn't a hit. Wasn't a hit. But I could see them 
awarding that just because of the striking figure that Charlie's Theron makes sure. in the trailer. Because okay. I bet most of the Academy has not seen the movie. But the trailer? Dev. Yeah, yeah, just the trailer. No, I would love, love to hear you read the nominees for Best Animated Feature, specifically one of them. <laughs> the nominees for Animated Feature are How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World, I Lost My Body, Klaus, The Missing Link, and Toy Story 4. I watched I Lost My Body this week, which is a bizarre entrant into this group. It's a French like hand-drawn animated film on Netflix. It's good and creative and sad and kind of navel-gazy. Um, and the fact that it's in the same category as How to Train Your Dragon in the Hidden World is strange. Or The Missing Link, which won at the Golden Globes. I mean, even the winner, even the the winners of that movie look so shocked. Right? They were shocked. They were so shocked. Uh, that's an incredible looking movie because everything Leica does with true stop motion animation is like, I just can't believe it's still happening in 2020. Um, but your favorite is Toy Story 4. The Academy loves, they love and like a uh, physical animation. Yeah. They went nuts for like the, what's his name? Nick Park. Who's that? The guy did Wallace and Gromit and like Chicken Run. Oh, oh right. Wait, okay. did, didn't Chicken Run win? It did. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that movie for Easter one year. Chicken Run is one of the most incredible movies I've ever seen. Chicken Run. All right, Nick, you're coming back for our Chicken Run podcast. <laughs> All right, great. Whenever we do great. that. Um, what other thoughts do we have in this category? About other chicken films? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think they might give it to Missing Link just because the Academy... Uh, saw that the Golden Globes gave them that award and think, eh, I don't feel like watching any sure. other movies. I don't want to like <laughs> watch. I don't want to award it to Toy Story. It's one enough. I could actually see a spoiler being "I Lost My Body" just because a lot of um, animation critics really, really love that movie. Mm-hmm. The hand drawn sort of element of it, which is not something you see. Um, a lot of nominations for these days in the Academy for Best Animated Feature. That's true. I wondered if a spoiler couldn't be Klaus because of the fact that it's a Netflix holiday movie and it's probably one that was on most like during like the consideration period just because it's what it is. Holy shit, that's quite a theory. That is, but I mean, yeah. You don't think Steven Spielberg went out on a campaign to get people to vote for other movies and not Netflix again this year like he did last year making Green Book win? God, he's such a... I think it's a good point, though. All people, all Oscar prognosticators talked about last year was like, can Roma as a Netflix movie possibly compete? And then this year we got bigger, more seen movies on Netflix and no one's talking about it, but the same thing is happening. Irishman and Marriage Story are not winning anything. Well, I think they're going to win. I think well, Marriage Story is going. We're going to get there. It's going to win one um, award in particular. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, we forgot Best Doc. Do you, either oh, of you right. want to have anything to say about Best Doc? I think they might give it to The Edge of Democracy. Okay. Not because I've seen that documentary, <laughs> but because I'm voting. I'm looking at this the way. 
a academy member who hasn't seen any of the documentaries but is like going off hmm. the title <laughs> yeah hmm, our democracy is in trouble voting for that one feels like a, an act of resistance yeah sure. i'm gonna resist so i'm gonna vote for edge of democracy it's brazilian uh, i already turned my ballot in <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although I would be very happy if Honeyland won, though. I thought that would be cool. I, I caught American Factory this week, um, hmm. which is a Netflix doc from the Obama's production company. And that's Ooh. a really good kind of older school, super well-sourced, um, like, on-the-ground doc about this uh, uh, GM factory in Dayton, Ohio that closes after the 08 financial crisis and then a Chinese automaker reopens it, basically like outsourcing and using American workers for their glass company. And it's a, it's a really in a, like a, given the stuff I said about Honeyland and how it seems kind of like fictional and strange at certain parts, like it's, it's a really like well-sourced, like we were here interviewing people. It's like an act of journalism, which I think still has some appeal. You've sold me. I'm going to watch it tonight. Yeah. I'm going to watch it immediately. All right. I really like it. Um, I hope do, it wins now. Great. Can I, can I bring up like a... Yeah, I don't they know love Obama. Have, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on this. Have either of you watched any of like the bonus content that Netflix puts out for its movies? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Well, the reason I bring it up is because it is universally terrible. Uh, <laughs> the one for America... I could have told you that. I mean, the answers yeah, in Nick's the question. Yeah, suspicions are confirmed. <laughs> The one for American Factory, it's essentially the Obamas interviewing the filmmakers, which is not what I want to watch. Like, you want to see why the Obamas put this doc out. And, like, the Irishman ones are terrible. It's just like... Wait, Michelle is interviewing somebody? Yeah, it's basically Michelle and... I mean, it's cut to hell from a longer thing, but it's like Michelle and Barack being like... How do you guys make documentaries? It's like that's not the question we want to be asked here. I don't know. I you Isn't... kind of sold me on that. I kind of would watch that <laughs> okay, now. I don't know. It's comfort television. I feel like the Irishman bonus thing was like considered its own film and was promoted on the Netflix homepage. It right. was like them in that booth on that sound stage, like and Joe Pesci not speaking. <laughs> Wait, is the bonus content what all the women were doing and saying <laughs> while the movie was going on? <laughs> Yeah. Is that the bonus content? It's mostly Anna Paquin talking about her involvement with the film. Talking about how she worked with her eyes. (laughs) It's a bunch of 80-year-old men whom you absolutely cannot understand. Okay, guys, I think we're on to the major categories. Should we go up to those? Should we do Best Supporting Actress? Yes. Okay, I historically really love this award. Um... I really, I really like this award because I feel like sometimes it awards really interesting performances or sometimes will award uh, actors who um, are character actors and have, are, are just sort of like long overdue or actor, like so, someone like Shelley Winters, you know? Totally. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think... I mean, I love Laura Dern so much. I mean, if I did not love Laura Dern, I would have to give back my gay card. But I don't think this is the movie I would want her to win for. I mean, I think she's probably going to win just for her career, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I think she's going to win because of Ramona and Big Little Lies. She's probably... I mean, the acting awards across the board have been the same in every award show, including the SAG Awards, which are the most predictive. Totally. 
that's basically the actor block of the academy voting so you know what's gonna happen although what happened oh boy do i really want to bring up uh the wife in 2020 <laughs> am i about to bring up the wife oh my god that was like uh, our one big i was so devastated by that nick, i was do you too. know that nick doesn't know that chance thinks the wife is not good because chance doesn't like movies centered around women of a certain age that's not what i said i just think the wife <laughs> I, is i i just think back okay so i'm torn like every every oscar gay listening i'm torn because i loved olivia coleman's performance but I was gutted when they announced her name. Ditto. And I saw I saw that slight little jolt go through Glenn Close. And yeah. she had to like put on the face and it just gutted me. It did. It gutted me too. It was the and same face she made when Jonathan Price won the Nobel Prize. <laughs> right. All right. I don't think we can talk about the wife anymore. Um this is uh Laura Dern's award to win. But wait, Nick, I know you want to talk about someone who's not here. Oh my God. Okay. First of all, before we talk about her, I want to say that if there is going to be an upset and, or someone that I would love to see win, I would want Florence Pugh for little women to win. I think that would be a great choice. I will say that the fact that JLo, Jennifer Lopez is not nominated for this award is a crime against humanity Agreed. I would like to see any other actor, male actor in leading or supporting role, get up on that stripper pole and do what she did. The amount of core strength. The, I mean, I am just like still hurt by this because I, I knew that she probably, even if she got nominated, she probably wouldn't win. But I think the nomination would be the win in some ways. Right. And also, like, she was so, like, yes, she was, of course, athletic in that movie. But also, like, her performance. Like, no one else could play that part. She brought such a star quality to it. And at the end of that movie, not to, like, give it away for those who haven't seen it, but at the end of the movie when she's talking about the Constant Woo's character and... um about that character's relationship to her mom and yeah. you look at her wallet and she saw the picture in her wallet. Like that was so like moving to me and like hit me like right in the throat and she completely sells it. For me, it was the performance of the year and the fact that she didn't even get nominated and fucking Joaquin Phoenix is going to like probably win best actor just is a slap in the damn face. And the fact that last year that guy, what's-his-face, uh, Rami Malek, won for Bohemian Rhapsody, lip-synced his way to Best Actor. And it's just... It's, I'm what just are we so, doing? I'm just so angry. I'm just so... It's... Yeah. Anyway. I have a lot of feelings. That, I, I just wanted to let you, let you cook on that one. Thank you. That was Thank good. You. Um, yeah, I mean, it's also like... How stupid are the Oscars like in their own? There's a very famous person in JLo and a very successful movie. And the whole idea of like trying to maintain your relevance would have been so easily gotten by just nominating her. And I will say another performance that didn't get nominated that I wanted to shout out. Um, I wanted to look up the actress's name. 
uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who played Lady Reed in Dolomite Is My Name. Uh, oh yeah, I, she's really I, good too. Yeah, I thought that was an that was an oversight as well. Um, I thought J Lo and uh, Randolph could be in that, and you could easily knock off ScarJo and my beloved Kathy Bates. Please forgive me, Kathy Bates. <laughs> she doesn't need it. Not for this movie that no one saw. Uh, let's do supporting actor, shall we? Yes. So that's Tom Hanks, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Mr. Rogers. Anthony Hopkins, two popes. He's one of the popes. <laughs> Al Pacino, the, the Irishman. He's Jimmy Hoffa. Joe Pesci, the Irishman. He's the Buffalino guy. Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He's the. He's not the guy. He's the guy's guy. He's gonna be. It's gonna be Brad Pitt, and he has given like a course in how to like <laughs> give acceptance speeches. And not appear too much like a tryhard, yeah. which a part of me kind of resents. Right. Because I feel like if there's like a spectrum of tryhards and those who, who just sort of make it look easy, it's like Brad Pitt on one level, those who make it look easy, all the way to, um, oh my gosh, uh, Anne uh, Hathaway? Anne Hathaway, yes, yes, who like won for. Like Miserable. And I feel like I am like the Anne Hathaway. And so for me and all the Anne Hathaways in the world, I sort of resent his <laughs> like easy charm. The fact that he's able to pass off clearly pre-written jokes. Who's writing his jokes? Right. What <laughs> gay man is writing his jokes? I want to know. I want to thank my co-stars. Uh, Leo, Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie's feet, Margaret Qualley's feet, Dakota Fanning's feet. Seriously, Quentin has separated more women from their shoes than the TSA. Brad Pitt's definitely going to win. Do we have any other uh, people we wish would win? People we wish were here? Any other thoughts? I don't think I wish anyone would win. I think if there is going to be an upset, even though I don't think there is going to be one, but if there is one to be had, it's going to be Joe Pesci. Yes, absolutely. Mm. Um, And what a non-speech that would be. Right. That would definitely make the ceremony go faster. That's true. Um, I don't think he'll go. Let's see. Who? I actually thought Jamie Foxx for Just Mercy might sneak in. Because hmm. um, I thought, I mean, that movie had, that movie was not perfect by any means, but I thought he gave such a heartfelt, real performance. Like it was harkening back to like stuff he did when he won for Ray or when he was nominated for that other movie with Tom Cruise, name I'm forgetting, where he played the taxi Collateral. driver. Collateral, right, yes. That's a good call. Can we move to actress? Yes. Okay. So that's Cynthia Erivo for Harriet, Scarlett Johansson for Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan for Little Women, Charlize Theron for Bombshell, and Renee Zellweger for Judy. I like the way you say Bombshell. How do I say it? Said it with a lot of emphasis. Bombshell. I think this category, I feel like this, like every other year, it's one of the indicators of the disservice that the movie industry like does to its women stars. Because like more than any other major category, it's just full of like not that great of movies because there just aren't that many movies where the Academy is comfortable being like, 
a woman helmed this. She is clearly the star. And I will say that Judy was a lot better than people gave it credit for. I actually enjoyed that movie. I went in thinking it was just going to be like a character piece for Judy Garland and sort of like an acting showcase for Renee Zellweger. And in many ways it was, but I felt like that movie was a lot better than people gave it credit for. I really do. And I would much rather watch Judy over Bohemian Rhapsody any damn day of the week. Wow. I feel like Renee Zellweger gets disqualified for her super awkward acceptance speech at the Golden Globes where she's like, Hey guys, haven't worked for 20 years. What's up? I'm Judy. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Y'all, do y'all think her, her Texas accent is like getting thicker each episode? Like, I mean, each award ceremony, well, I she's think, been tending bar in some in like San Antonio or something for fifteen years. I think years. part of what makes the accent so well, the awards so awkward is that it's it's a put on. I think it feels like a put on. It's real thick me. at the beginning, like, it and feels, then it's not there at the end. Yeah, yeah. so weird. What does it mean? Um, um, we all wear masks. I, uh, we do. We do. Uh, the wow. thing I can't well, get past with Judy. All the world's I a mean, stage. I'm sorry, Nick. I. I don't like that. No, movie. say it, Chance. I don't, say it. It's I don't, fine. I I'm think a big it's boy. pretty paper thin. I think Renee like tries very hard, um, and the fact that you made the comparison to Bohemian Rhapsody, she is definitely singing. She is definitely like giving it her all. Um, she has definitely studied Judy Garland's like mouth motions when she like hits the high notes at an older age in like a very interesting way. Um, I just can't help but think. So much of that movie is about like the torture of young Judy Garland and like basically like indentured servitude to MGM as a teenager and how that ruined her life. And I can't get this thought out of my head that like the Academy loves it because it's like, yeah, I didn't get to have any fun either because I was acting. And it's like, it kind of does a disservice to this woman's actual really hard life. I I can see that. Yeah, yeah that's a good argument. That's a good argument. I think she's so going to win who, though. You're right. You, do we think that Zellweger is going to win though? We do. Oh, yeah. She's totally going to win. Uh-huh. Interesting. She's won all the major awards. I will say if there is a possible upset, I'd be interested to see what Chance thinks about this. I think Saoirse Ronan, maybe, because she's been not, she has like been nominated so many, times. so many times for being like still in her early 20s. Right. And so like the Oscars could be like, okay, we're going to give it to you. I don't see that happening. I don't think Charlize Theron has enough sort of heat behind her. Um, you know, the thing about the Cynthia Erivo movie, Harriet, it was a hit. I mean, critics didn't like it, but it was a hit movie. Yeah. And so, um, maybe, possibly, I don't think ScarJo is going to win. Um, I could be wrong about that. Um, I think she's going to do a Sigourney Weaver and both nominations are going to cancel her out. She's not going to be like a Jessica Lange when she was double nominated. She's going to be a Sigourney. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> What were Sigourney's noms that year? Gorilla in the Mist and Working Girl? Yeah, she totally should have won for Working Girl. She's great in that movie. Um, yeah, yeah, she was so good. Um, and then Jessica Lange, famously nominated for Frances for lead actress and for supporting actress in Tootsie. And so she won for Tootsie, which is a much thinner performance. You guys need to go back. Have you any? Have either of you seen Frances? I never have. Oh, my God. It's about the the... Uh, Hollywood actress Frances Farmer, um, such a brutal performance. Talk about like what like Judy 
Judy, X-rated Judy is what Francis is. Um, it's, Bring it it's on. Really, it's really a brutal movie, but her performance is so great. I think she lost to Sissy Spacek and Coal Miner's Daughter mm, for that one. Mm. Um, I watched Harriet this week uh, just to check it out, and I it it's it's pretty good. It's just very, very, very traditional, and as much as it would be nice to see a person of color win an Oscar, the fact right. that Cynthia Erivo is the only one in the 20 nominations if she won shameful for playing harriet tubman like people wouldn't like that very much i don't think i think it would only probably draw attention to the fact that yeah do you do either of you have nominations like performances that you wish had been included i have two lupita and us Oh, Lapita, I forgot about her. Yes, totally. I was going to say Alfre Woodard for Clemency. I haven't seen that. What do you think of that? I, that movie, so Clemency and Just Mercy both deal with like the death penalty. I think Clemency is really a movie a lot of people like missed out on. That movie gutted me. Wow. And um, Alfre Woodard's performance is just like the way she is able to show like this like deep inner life of this character and not like turn it into melodrama but just like little twitches on her face i know that sounds like very persnickety but like she's so good in that movie and i was i knew it was like too dark of a movie for the academy to nominate because it 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 was very very heavy but but really 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 well done and then also mary Kay place for diane she won the la film critics award for this really small movie it's on streaming right now it's like a very quiet character study um but really well done in a type a kind of movie you don't really see made really ever um about a one woman's life hmm. um it, very very good I really liked, and I know Chance, you're not as high on it. I don't know if you saw it, Nick, but uh, Jodie Turner Smith in Queen and Slim. I thought oh, that was I haven't such seen a, that. Such a re- physical and like interesting performance, like going, like showing different sides of this very like uptight character who sort of comes alive by being on the lam. I would shout out Aquafina in The Farewell. I think she's great in that movie. But it's interesting. I think all the movies that we're talking about are what the people in the, like the stuffy people who end up embarrassing themselves in the New York Post would be like, those aren't Oscar movies. And this is one of the category that suffers the most from that ill because like there are so many women doing uh, interesting work where they rule the stage and genre movies and smaller movies and the Academy is still just like, what women played historical figures in biopics? And like, if you go, right. you go like digging in that barrel, you're not gonna find the best movies year after year. And that's unfortunately, I think what happened this year again. Actor. So we've got Antonio Banderas for pain and glory, Leonardo DiCaprio for once upon a time in Hollywood. Good pause. Adam driver for marriage story. Joaquin Phoenix for Joker and Jonathan Price for the two popes. Let me ask you this about these two popes. They're both billed equally in the title as the two popes. It's not the main pope and then the secondary pope. So why does Price get a lead actor nomination and Hopkins gets supporting actor? 
Because he's the liberal one, and they want to, like, award the liberal one with the leading performance and have the villain, the antagonist, Anthony Hopkins, be in the supporting role. There it is. In- incredible. I love the, I love your title, Scholarship. It's like the Joker did a whole lot more than joke in that movie. I'm not sure that's even a good name for him. That's you. <laughs> is the Joker supposed to be ironic? Okay, if my heart, if I had my druthers, and I know this isn't going to happen, but if I had my heart, my heart, it would be Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory. I would want him to You're win. not giving it to Adam Driver singing Being Alive with no, all of his soul? No, because I don't want him to walk out on me. <laughs> he insulted Terry Gross, and that killed his chances of he getting an Oscar. He didn't necessarily insult her. He just like didn't finish the interview because she asked him about something he specifically asked not to talk about. Well, Somebody loved him He too didn't deep. want to hear his own performance. He has a phobia. True, true. I'm being unsympathetic. Yeah. You're right. Noah's You're the right. one defending artists on the show. Uh, I think Pain and Glory is really good. Nick, say more about Antonio. Well, he's never been nominated, uh, which I think is a crime because he's turned in a lot of great performances, including his masterful supporting role for Interview with a Vampire. Oh, my God. <laughs> when uh, he almost made out with Brad Pitt and I discovered my sexuality. <laughs> Incredible. I really didn't think Interview with a Vampire was going to be mentioned on this podcast, but here we are. Um, also like gave a Zorro. Great, yeah, Zorro. He gave a great supporting <laughs> role in Madonna's Truth or Dare documentary. Holy shit! <laughs> Playing a lech. Uh, um, <laughs> I just adore him, and I would love to see him win. This is, of course, probably going to go to Joaquin Phoenix if he didn't like screw the boat by giving such a god awful speech at the Golden Globes. He might have won it back because he tried to be a little bit more humble at the SAG Awards and did better there when he gave his speech. But there's something so insufferable about him that, um, I mean, I just like am so shocked that the Academy went for it, but they are. So here we are. He's going to probably win. I mean, you really can't like win between Adam Driver and Joaquin Phoenix I don't know. I have mixed feelings. No, you really don't like that movie. I feel like if it doesn't have Joaquin doing his insanely committed thing, that movie is is nothing. And I feel like that people feel something when they watch him actually physically like suffer so much. I don't think that's great acting. I don't think that's what we should be awarding. But I think it's very tangible. It's the most acting. It is the most. It's the most acting. Yes, and it's they the usually most give acting Oscar, award. They give, the act, they give the awards the most acting. Right. And so he's going to get up there and he's going to tell us why we should be vegan. And then he's going to like say something bizarre and then sit back down. And he'll never be nominated again. I haven't changed my clothes for six weeks. Vote for Bernie. So you guys are telling me when he said not to take your private plane to Palm Springs anymore, you're both still doing that? <laughs> Listen, I the airport there is just a mess. I have to go private. You know, I'm just luxury. I'm just a I'm I just uh I'm just a boy from Mississippi. <laughs> Noah, thoughts on this category? Um well, we know Leo's never going to win an Oscar ever again. He already um, died to win one, so. <laughs> he, he already sacrificed himself. Crawling through um, all that mud. I think the only potential upset could be Adam Driver. 
but yeah, yeah I think it's true. a pretty much a lock for Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. How many award shows in a row do we have to watch Adam Driver be like, I like this guy, like while still sitting down to know that he's not going to win? <laughs> Although, you know, not for nothing, Adam Driver sort of killed um, at Saturday Night Live. He played Jeffrey Epstein in the opening. Indeed he did, Cold in bit. hell. It was incredible. Yeah, in hell. Like, I mean, you know, kind of killed, maybe. But, I mean, voting's over now. Yeah. So, I think it's going to be Joaquin. I think it's going to be Joaquin. And, yeah. you know, not for nothing, he is, like, in th- I think I've been pretty hard on Joaquin Phoenix, but he do- there are certain movies where he is really good in. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't mean to be, like, such a jerk towards him. I'm sure he's a lovely fellow. It's also, like, a... I mean, I know he's only 45 or whatever, but it's it's the, like... Thanks for sticking around award. Like they made him wait and they're going to make Adam Driver wait 15 more years. And such a better version of Joker is the master where he's so fucking upsetting, but it doesn't feel like the movie's like, I'm going to try to upset you. Um, Mm -hmm. So they're just, they just Mm -hmm. waited till he did the showiest thing and now he's going to win. Good call. Good night. And always remember that's. So for director here, then, we have Martin Scorsese for The Irishman, Todd Phillips for Joker, Sam Mendes, 1917, Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. I would love director Bong to win this award. Me too. I would love that. That would be amazing. Do you think there is any chance that they give him... The Quaron treatment, and give him the award, and then give 1917 Best Picture. I've heard a lot of people say that a lot of critics and Oscarologists say that the picture and the director is going to be split, but I've heard most people have been saying it's going to be split the other way. Parasite winning and uh, 1917 oh. winning Best Director. I would much prefer that, actually. Sam Mendes. Interesting. Yeah. It'll be his second uh, Oscar, and if he wins, it'll be um, the only director to win two Oscars at such a long uh, break in between his two wins. American Beauty is the first one? Yes. Okay. Do you think they just give him 1917 so people will forget that they gave him an Oscar for a movie about pedophilia? Starring a pedophile? Starring a literal (laughs) pedophile? Oops and daisies! Mendes and Bong are pretty close this is not a runaway according to the odds makers thank god that todd phillips has no shot of winning this award do we know that do we know that to be that's what i was gonna say earlier i hope not i hope not oh my god i'm gonna be so angry tarantino and scorsese are are not out of it they seem kind of out of it the tom styers and mike bloomberg's of this uh this race (laughs) wait which one is which it doesn't matter. Come on, think about it for just... Well, obviously, Bloomberg is Scorsese because of the New York connection. Because he was once fired and then started his own media <laughs> empire. so fucking funny. You're like, I was once fired with enough stock investments to <laughs> buy a nation. <laughs> he doesn't say that. <laughs> um, okay, so talking about a two-headed race between 17 and Parasite, let's go to Best Picture, shall we? Did you guys rank yours like a preferential p- ballot? I did not, but I can while you give yours. <laughs> okay. Um, 
So here is my list if I were filling out an Oscar ballot. Oh, first, should we give the nominations? Let's do it. Yeah, so Best Picture is Ford v. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Sorry, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite. We'd gone months without you fucking that up. I know. Your own bit. Please edit it out. I'm not editing it out. I fucked up my own bit. (laughs) Um, okay, what's your preference, Nick? Okay, so, um, no surprise, number nine is Joker. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Um, number eight might be controversial. Uh, Oh, did you want to say your number nine chance, Noah? Yeah, let's do it that way. I would say Joker is also my, my least, my least favorite. I think I'm right there with you. My number eight is going to be probably, uh controversial i did 1917 <laughs> whoa um i don't think well i this is like me filling out the preferential okay. ballot not me like thinking what's gonna win right we're like, right this is me like being strategic that's and fine wanting the movie i want to that's win, fine want to win. okay what would your eight be noah my eight would be jojo rabbit same okay seven nick ford v ferrari I would do Irishman. Four versus Ferrari would also be my seven. Six? I did Jojo Rabbit. Uh, probably Marriage Story. Uh, Irishman would be six for me. Five? I did Marriage Story. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. 1917. Four? I did the Irishman. I do Ford versus Ferrari. Wow, that's high. Marriage Story. Number three? Oh, I did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Beautiful. I'd say 1917. Little Women would be my three. Two? Oh, Little Women. Yeah, I would do Little Women at two as well. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And then we all say Parasite for one. Parasite, yeah, Parasite's yep. number one for me. Yeah. What a wonderful podcast this is turning out to be. Um, it's just great to talk about people with who absolutely agree with you on everything. I know. I thought I was going to come in here with some hot takes, but I guess I'm like straight You're down a the thinking ball. person, Nick. I want to talk about the, even in this like small three-person digital Google room we're in, even though like I all like would not rank 1917 so low, the thing I have to say about that movie is even though I am impressed by it on a lot of levels, I don't care. Like it's it really reminds oh, it really reminds come me Come on. It reminds me so much of Gravity. The point of that movie is to slap down $20 to go see it in IMAX. The movie's like, "I want to I want to impress you." And then you're like, "Oh, I'm impressed." And then you're done. Get out of here. Yeah. I kind of agree, Chance. Yeah. Like no. I felt, I felt very disconnected from the characters. I felt like we were there for, like, it felt like a. Okay, I know this has been said before, so this isn't controversial, but it felt like I was watching a video game. Totally. No um, way. And, but, but I will say this is why I think ultimately 1917 will win Best Picture is because a great swath of the Academy are going to feel like this is what movies can offer that television can't great point and so 
they're going to vote for this as best picture and they're going to feel comfortable giving it that over Parasite because they're going to get Parasite for international film. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's right. Um, As Whitney says, it's not right, but it's okay. That's how it's going to happen, you know? Noah, you've seen this movie twice and you moaned Two at times. Us. Tell us in what you love about non-IMAX. it. non-IMAX. So I didn't just go in for the IMAX. Um, I should see it in IMAX. Uh, I just thought it was so, like, it's the, the movie that from open to close, like, just kept my attention in a way that I was like, is this guy going to be able to do it? Like, and that's the sort of buy-in that, I mean, just the way I felt about the family from Parasite, which I think is a superior movie, of course. Like, I think that a film in 2020 has the ability to like keep people off their fucking cell phones for two hours and like hang with this, this guy and like really have a, a powerful narrative shift halfway through where who you thought was the protagonist turns out not to be which I think is a super interesting risk to take. And then, yeah, I mean, just to see technically them pull off this thing in a period of time that is not so easy just to be like, oh, good guys, bad guys, Nazis versus the allies kind of thing. And to really sort of poke at the specific moments in a conflict that like for some reason doesn't feel wholly detached from our current moment where it's just like these poor guys who you know, don't really want to go home knowing that they have to come back, but like don't have the class prerogative to say otherwise. And that's just like kind of how I feel in life, sort of wanderingly, wandering aimlessly forward, not seeing some of these people ever again. And like, (laughs) I don't know. I felt so compelled by him. And I would be in the trenches with you, Noah. Thank you. I would definitely carry your corpse to like a sitting position if you were to be stabbed by a German. <laughs> Thanks, I'm, I'm pretty fighter heavy, pilot. So I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah, and I would I would assure you that I knew the way as you were dying. That is a good full-throated defense. I still... You know, I'm I'm known for my full-throated defenses here on this program. <laughs> I think I would not be upset if this movie won. I mean, it would be hard to be upset. I just, I think the point about TV is great, Nick. And I think this movie got me thinking about how the Academy voting block thinks differently about movies than like people who are online loving movies. And not just because one has good taste and the other has bad taste. But I think that um as younger people on twitter like we look at a movie like parasite and we look at movies and we think that one of their best qualities is their discussability our ability to metabolize layer after layer into commentary and points and the academy just doesn't look at movies that way so something that is just more of a pure spectacle is still very worthwhile and i can i can fashion that dialectic in my head that's okay it's no green book. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. I mean, hard to get mad at most of these right, non-Joker nominees right. considering Green Book won last year. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't think? Do you think there's a universe in which the Irishman? No. No. It's not. It's over. Any awards, you don't so. think so? It's, it's over. a clean sweep. The Irishman. Can I say something to you, courtesy of Russell Buffalino? Please. It is what it is. <laughs> It is it, it is what it is. This, You're right. This labor leader is cooked. <laughs> Should we dump some bread and some wine? Yep. I feel like that's like... <laughs> I love that part. 
I think, you know, for the past few years, because there have been a preferential ballot system, Best Picture has always felt somewhat like a surprise for me mm. than it has in recent years. I mean, I think I was in such denial about Green Book. Like, I did not believe until the very end when they announced the movie that Green Book was going to actually win. But, um, but I think, like, that affords some excitement and I think it's kind of nice that Best Picture is sort of so up in the air right now. I wish, I really wish with all my heart that the acting categories had more of the same sort of right. uh, uh, speculation about it and a more sort of uh, different performances were honored. The only other thing I thought of which is kind of trivial is it would be very odd if 1917 won because the first movie ever to win the Oscar was 1927's Wings, and it would really make all of film history feel like a closed loop about war movies. It's like, this is what we can film, and now this era is over. Go on the internet, everyone. That would feel poetic and sad, and I think that we should... Does that mean they wouldn't release Escape Room (laughs) 2? Oh, boy. Should we just hard cut to the end of the show after that? <laughs> I think that's the I think that's the uh, that's the closer. Uh, that's a wrap. Nick, what a pleasure to have you on this show, man. Thanks for Thanks, doing buddy. This. Thank you so much for having me. I hope I didn't interrupt you guys too much. I tried to vacillate between being a good contributor and then just looking knowingly like Anna Paquin and the Irishman. <laughs> Great. I mean you really you were like Roger Deacons, like just chugging along after that camera, hoping it didn't fall <laughs> off that pole. And now I make a third reference. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. Uh, Nick, do you have anything you want to plug, man? No, I don't have anything. I'm you have good. books? I'm good. I guess I mentioned them at the beginning. Buy Nick's books, everyone. The no. They're really yeah, good. Yeah, no, I'm great. I'm great. Right. I'm good. I'm good. Um, Way to just say thank you and move on, Nick. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> And the Oscars awarded to Nicolas Cage.